0: In same region, there were some shepherds staying in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to him them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all the people. For today, in the city of David, There has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among men with whom he is pleased.
1: give it to me. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to your word now, I pray that our hearts will be filled with fresh hope, a fresh hope in a child born for us and a son given for us. May we see in Bethlehem born the hope of the world and our greatest hope and joy. Lord, as we approach this Christmas season and begin thinking through the advent, the first coming of the Lord Jesus, and rejoicing afresh in it, uh, Lord, may you give us a fresh sense of the, the hope and joy we are to carry with us all year long. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and our focus is on hope. Hope. As we think about hope this morning, I want to ask a question, one that has nothing to do with the football game last night. Although there was certainly a lot of hope, uh, both resurrected hope and crushed, (laughs) squashed hope last night. Uh, my question is about something bigger than the outcome of a game. It's about the outcome of our life. If life is a story, what kind of story is it? When the story of your life is told, what kind of story will it be? Will it be a tragedy? Or... Will it be a comedy? Tragedy or comedy? I'm using those two terms in their technical sense. Like the ancient Greeks would have. Like Shakespeare would have. Like the people in the Bible would have used the terms tragedy and comedy. In the way they understood those terms, every story fits into one category or the other. Every story is ultimately Either a tragedy or a comedy based on its trajectory and its ending. Let's think about this together. Stories are considered tragedies not because they're a series of unfortunate events in which there are no laughs to be had along the way. There are jokes to laugh at in Shakespeare's Hamlet and Macbeth, or at least our English teachers told us there were, right? There are jokes there. Tragedies are often jam-packed with fortunate events. In Othello, the invading Turkish army is destroyed at sea before the big battle even has to happen. In Oedipus Rex, the peasant boy is elevated to become king. Tragedies are full of meteoric rises. And there are real laughs that happen along the way. But it's how the story ends ends that matters most tragedies rise up and up before they come crashing down in the end the end is what makes it a tragedy is what makes the story truly tragic likewise it needs to be said that comedies are not just a barrel of laughs chock full of jokes fun times and slapstick humor from beginning to end Comedies often contain acts of treachery and tragic misunderstandings. Comedies are full of broken hearts and incredibly flawed people. Mr. Darcy is full of pride, and Miss Elizabeth Bennett is full of prejudice. Miss Dashwood's heart is broken when she mistakenly thinks Mr. Ferris has married someone else. In It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey sinks so low that he wishes he had never been born and comes close to suicide. What counts in a comedy, what counts whether it's a comedy or a tragedy, is not how funny or how sad the story is, but how the story ends. Did you know that all 14 of Shakespeare's comedies have the same ending? They all end with a wedding. All of them, they end with a wedding. But what happens in the end of Shakespeare's tragedies? They start piling up the bodies, one after another, right? And and this this is all important. You see, tragedies are shaped like a frown, going up and up before crashing down, like a frown. Comedies, on the other hand, are shaped like a smile, It's a ridiculous down and down before the upturn and the final scene. Now, which story arc, frown or smile, is true to real life? The answer of the world around us is clear life is a tragedy. Life is a tragedy. We have our little time of going up and up before we come crashing down. So, if life's a tragedy, rise as high as you can now. Have as much pleasure as you can. Make your bucket list and start doing it. Why? Because ultimately, you're going down. One day, you will be over the hill. And a tragic end awaits you. Frailty awaits you. Feebleness awaits you. Death awaits you. The world tells you this. Your life is just a tragic subplot in the larger tragedy that is the story of the universe. The story of the universe from the world's perspective is a tragedy. This is what naturalists like Bertrand Russell, have taught the culture to believe. Russell said this about the story of mankind. Listen to this quote. Bertrand Russell said that man is the product of causes which had no prevision of the end they were achieving, that his origin, his growth, his hopes and fears, his loves and beliefs are but the outcome of the accidental collision of atoms. That no fire, no heroism, no intensity of thought and feeling can preserve an individual life beyond the grave. That all the labors of the ages and all devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human Jesus, genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system. And that the whole temple of man's achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. Only within the scaffolding of these truths, only on the firm foundation of unyielding despair, can the soul's habitation henceforth be safely built. Now, I know what you're thinking. And a very Merry Christmas to you too. Mr. Russell, right? I, I do very much appreciate the honesty of quotes like that one because it makes the real issue so clear for us. Is life a tragedy? Yes, Russell says. What could be more tragic? All the labor of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system. Life is destined to end in tragic despair. And eventually there will be no one and nothing to remember we ever existed at all. Thinking this way, This worldview explains why many people live the way they do, grasping for all the pleasure they can get now, all the success they can have now, clinging with a death grip onto youth and health. Because you only live once, and then it's game over. The darkness wins, winter comes. And it never lets go. There is no Christmas. There is no resurrection spring to come. That life is a tragedy. It does lead to ultimate despair. But against this view of life, the Bible stands alone in offering us something completely different a view of the world that's far more compelling and far more hopeful. Life isn't a tragedy, rising, rising, grasping, grasping before the final fall into darkness and despair. Life isn't a tragedy. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. We plumb the depths of sorrow and humiliation now, in order to emerge with joy on the other side. The last scene of your life isn't a funeral. It's a wedding. It's a wedding. Shakespeare was right. Jane Austen was right. Every good story ends with a wedding. Not the cold, unfeeling tomb, but the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is where your story really ends. The universe isn't destined to some vast death where all the stars eventually burn out. The universe isn't destined to complete destruction, but to a complete renewal, a complete rebirth. Creation's king will return and usher in a new reality. The former things have passed away, he says. Behold, I will make all things new. Believer, this is the kind of story you find yourself in. Not a tragedy, but a comedy. However bad and unfunny your life seems at times, your story will end like a comedy. It will look like a smile. Why? Because in Jesus, God promises you the best of all happy endings. A happy ending where he personally wipes away every tear from your eyes. He fills your cup full to overflowing with joy. But, you might say, how can I know that for sure? When my life feels so much more like a tragedy, how can I know the end will be like a comedy? if you want some kind of proof in advance that life isn't a tragedy, if you want some kind of evidence that before the final curtain closes on that last scene that the story of God is writing is actually a comedy for you, if you want some kind of proof, I'd say to you, look at Christmas. Look at Christmas. Christmas is God's grand promise that no matter how bad things get, No matter how great the darkness, his light will dawn. His story will end like a comedy, not a tragedy. When you think about it, the Christmas story has all the elements of an incredible comedy. Remember how a comedy goes. It goes down and down before the sudden upturn into a smile. What is the Christmas story about? It is about an unplanned pregnancy. It's about a couple not yet married already filing for divorce. We're going down, aren't we? It's about a ridiculous road trip forced by a bad government policy. Boy, we're really going down now, aren't we? Uh, It's hotels that are fully booked. It's a birth story where everything goes wrong. It's a manger that has to work as an improvised crib. It's a cast of smelly characters, fresh in from the fields, being your first guest. Most comedies don't have half that stuff to work with, do they? The Christmas story goes down and down, but it also comes with an upturn. It comes with the promise of great joy. Look again with me at Luke chapter 2. Verses 10 through 12. Look at these verses. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to, for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Here's the promise spoken by the angels. The Christmas story will be a divine comedy. It'll be a divine comedy. The baby lying in the manger isn't another tragic story of child neglect, but good news. Calling for your great joy. Let's feel afresh this morning the comedic contrast in the message we read here from the angels. Let's feel the contrast in the angelic message. The angels are saying this. They're saying, The bringer of great joy to the world is lying poorly clothed in an animal's feeding trough. You feel the the contrast there? The owner of all lives now in a stable. Impoverished. The sustainer of the universe is here, and he sits waiting upon his mother to sustain him. It's a comedic contrast. You see it all over the place in the story. Perhaps you feel the same comedic contrast at work in your own life this Christmas season. You're a child of God and you're an heir of eternal life, but you find yourself poorly clothed now. Your housing situation is only slightly better than Jesus at that first Christmas. Perhaps you find yourself this morning in a humbling time. The humbling events of the first Christmas are meant to transform the way we see the humbling events in our lives. Christ's coming is meant to reignite the candle of hope in our hearts. The events in the Christmas story may bring the characters low, but they are designed for our great joy in the end. Because the Christmas story is shaped like a smile. Heaven comes down to earth, not to a palace, but to a stable. The lower the depths we see in this story, the deeper the smile will be in the end. And the same is true for our lives as well. This story that we're looking at here in Luke 2, this story has God's smile all over it. We see it. Verses 13 and 14 say, And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. God smiles upon this scene where his son is brought low for us. God takes more pleasure in this Christmas comedy that he has written than we could possibly take in all other comedies put together and combined. God enjoys this more. God's Christmas comedy proclaims the good pleasure of his heart, which is peace on earth, goodwill to men. In the birth of Jesus, God declares his peace and goodwill towards us. Therefore, Christmas comes to us, comes to you, like a promise from God. Because the Christmas story is shaped like a smile, the Christian's story will also be shaped like a smile, not a frown. That's our hope, folks. That's our hope. That's God's promise to us. As the Creator steps into history, we're called to believe and embrace that promise, to believe this your story will not be a tragedy because a Savior has stepped onto the stage. He's entered into the story himself. The author has written himself in to the play. He must and shall win the day. Overcoming all our tragedies. Transforming our stories. Forever changing humanity's story. And forever Changing ours. Jesus promises to absorb God's frown for us so that we might receive in exchange his smile forever. Christ takes upon himself the tragedy of your treason, your treason against the king. He takes it upon himself on a cross so that you might get to enjoy the upturn. And the best of all happy endings that is due to him. You get that. That's the hope that Christmas brings. Without Christmas, life is a tragedy. Without Christ, life is always winter and never Christmas. Without Christmas, the white witch is one. You know that, right? Chronicles and Arnie, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. The White Witch, the Satan figure, where it's always winter, never Christmas. Without Christmas, the White Witch wins. And her minions are right. You should despair. But with the coming of Christ, the spell has been broken. The winter of our discontent is over. Life has transformed from a tragedy into a comedy. So, bring on the fun, bring on the joy, bring on the laughter this Christmas season. Life is not a frown, going up and up before coming down. Life is not a frown, it is a smile. God's smile is upon your life, Christian. So, bring on the winter, the dark, the worst the world can throw at us. Why? Because we are rebels against the darkness, pushing it back with the hope-filled light of Christ's coming, his advent. The hearts of many may have the mark of the white witch stamped upon them, where it is always winter there and never Christmas. But in our hearts, there is a Christmas fire burning that warms and gives us hope All year long. Why? Because we know how the story ends. Don't we? We know how the story ends. We know how our story will end. However bad things get. We know that we are in a comedy. Not a tragedy. So. Let's be of good cheer. And let's be of good Hope this Christmas. Let's embrace the adventure that's set before us, including all the the low points, all the humbling moments. If we're living in a comedy, then we can always say, in truth, there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Far better things ahead than any we leave behind in this life. Let's hear. And obey the words of the angel this Christmas season. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Stop being afraid in 2021 and rejoice. A savior has been born for you, one that transforms your life from a tragedy into a comedy, from a frown into a smile, a Savior who fills your heart with the greatest of hopes and who gives your story the best of all happy endings. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you might ignite this hope in us again. May we see life for what it is. The world sees life as a tragedy. May we see it for what it really is, a comedy. We plumb the depths now as we follow our Lord and Savior, but the best of all happy endings is coming. We are just one mile away from glory. Lord, may we rejoice afresh in that this Christmas season. May our hearts be filled of hope, and may our hope be focused upon the Lord Jesus, died for us, risen from the dead for us, reigning over us today. May our King be our hope. We ask this in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.